In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes in order to bring us His Word, so that we might know it and keep it close to us for all of eternity. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, what would you hope that God would say to you if you got to hear God appear to you audibly and give you a message. If you got just one message from God that you knew was from God and not just sort of what you ate for lunch that day or not just sort of something going on in your subconscious, but if you were guaranteed that you could get one message from God, what would you hope for? What would you hope he would say to you? Would it be around a theological question that you have? Would, would you uh, ask God, yeah, how does this exactly work? How are you present in the sacrament? Or how are you three in one? Or, or however that works. Or would you ask him something starting off with why? Why, Lord, did this happen to me? Why, Lord, did you save me? Why did that happen? Why is the world the way that it is? Or would you just ask him for, you know, maybe, maybe some, some affirmation. Maybe you'd ask him, uh, hey, hey, God, we're good, right? And you would hope that he would respond to that and say, yeah, we're good. And maybe that would be enough for you. There's this app out there that's called Cameo, a website app, um, and, and what it is, is it is this, this app and, and this website where you can rent and pay for celebrities to send you a message. And so maybe you can have your favorite Game of Thrones actor uh, send you a, a happy birthday message. And uh, although they probably have to be kind of B or C list, they, there's not a whole lot of A-listers on here. Or, or maybe you can, you know, have your favorite musician sing you a couple of bars from the, their favorite song. And you know that it's going directly to you because they, they speak your, your name into that. It's sort of like getting an autograph. Or, or maybe you, you, you just want your favorite athlete to send you some message of encouragement and tell you, hey, you know what? You've got this. You can do this. You can go. What if we were able to do that with God? First of all, how much would that cost? Because on the Cameo app, you know, depending on the level of celebrity that you have, uh, you, you can pay a different, different amount. So if you want Drew Brees to sing you happy birthday, you've got to pay $750 for that. However, if you, you know, if, if you want somebody who's more of a B-lister, you know, you can get Jerry Springer to send you a message for only $155. And this past Christmas, you could even get Santa Claus to send you something for a measly 10 bucks. How much would you pay to hear God speak to you directly? 
Or, or maybe you would pay for that to go to somebody else. Maybe you would, you would pay for God to speak directly to somebody else. Maybe you would pay God to speak directly to that person that you don't like. And you would say, uh, God, will you please tell them that they are depraved sinners and that your anger burns hotly against them? Or, or would you send it to somebody who's questioning their faith? And would you have God say to them, hey, I'm real. It's this interesting question of, you know, what, what would we hope that God would say to us? How much would we pay for that hope, for God to say something to us? Well, today we're, we're talking about uh, the, the person and the character, the biblical figure of Moses. Now, um, uh, Moses is, is probably one of the biggest figures in the entire Old Testament. And on top of that, he's also probably outside of the Son of God himself. Probably the one figure in the entire Bible who hears from God the most. He hears from God from the very moment when he is there at the burning bush and God tells him to take off his sandals for this is holy ground. This is what the Lord is speaking to you. And so you've, you've got this, this sense of Moses hears directly from God. He hears God's own name spoken to him. God comes to him and says, I want to establish this connection so much with you that I'm even going to reveal, reveal to you a name by which you can call me. And so Moses goes about his life, hearing from God and doing what God would have him to do. He goes about his life, and sometimes that works out for him, and sometimes he sins, but he's always hearing from God. He, he has this open line of communication with God, and that's something that in some ways sounds to us, well, maybe a little bit foreign, because we don't really feel like we have that kind of a connection with God. We don't really feel like we have this sort of knowledge of God and God's will. And so we pray and we ask God, please reveal to us what you would have us to do. And, and here you have Moses here in Deuteronomy setting up for a moment for the people of Israel in which that's going to be pretty important. Because Moses knows that because of one of his sins, he is not going to be able to go into the promised land. He's going to be leaving them behind, or rather they're going to be leaving him behind as they move into the promised land. And he's going to be stuck just outside of the promised land, able to look into it, but he's not going to be with them anymore. And so all of a sudden, you have this moment for the nation of Israel where they're in this place where they go, oh man, our direct connection with God, the way that we hear God isn't going to be with us anymore. And that's a frightening prospect for the children of Israel. It's a frightening prospect for them because 
they know that even though God has disciplined them in the past, they know that he has always been looking out for their good. They know the value of what it is to hear God speak. And so Moses tells them, hey, it'll be okay. God has revealed to me, God has spoken to me that there will be another prophet who is raised up for you. One who comes from our tribe just as I did. One who brings to you God's word. This office of prophecy doesn't die with me, but rather it continues on. And so what Moses is saying there is actually kind of two things. That first of all, he's assuring the people of Israel that the office of prophecy is going to continue on throughout all of time. And so that's good news for Israel. But he's also telling them that there will be one. There will be one who has a connection to God the Father like Moses has had. There will be one who has that connection with God the Father who comes from this Hebrew people that has this connection that can hear so clearly from God that this person is able to speak in God's authority. That he's able to say, this is what God wants from us. This is God, what God is telling us. This is what God is assuring us of. And that one, we find out in the gospel reading, is Jesus. And that's why it's such a big deal that when the people hear Jesus speaking, that they say, here's one who speaks with authority. Meaning that Jesus is really bad at citations. Jesus doesn't like to do the, the bibliography at the end of his paper. He, he, what he wants to do is he just wants to bring forth to you what God is saying. He's saying, I speak with the authority of God. I don't have to list rabbi this and rabbi that, but rather I am bringing you the true word of God. And he does that because he is that word of God, that authority. And they see that when he speaks and even demons scatter from his presence. Because the amazing thing about God's word is that God's word does stuff. You see, the difference between Jesus and the rabbis of his day is that Jesus doesn't just come in order to teach. In fact, you can even say that Jesus' primary motivation in his ministry is not to teach us. He does do some teaching, but his primary motivation in his speech acts is not to just sort of talk about God and tell us who God is and, and why that is, but rather his primary motivation is to be the word of God for us. And that's different than just talking about God. He is the word of God. And the word of God does stuff. 
The word of God creates the world with just a speech act. The word of God reveals the nature of God to simple Moses in just a speech act. The word of God frees the Israelites from their slavery in Egypt in just a speech act. The word of God provides for his people water and food in just a speech act. The word of God does stuff. And that is who Jesus is. You know, it, it's funny that First Corinthians reading almost seems sort of out of place in some ways. But if you, if you look at it, you can kind of understand that it, it's, it's supposed to show you exactly what the word of God does that other gods cannot do. That in that First Corinthians reading, you, you have Paul talking about people that are concerned about what will happen to this meat if it is offered to an idol. And they're afraid that somehow this will get tainted by that idol and that proximity to that idol. And Paul says, no, because a fake God is still a fake God and fake gods don't do anything. But you know what does something? Jesus does something. And so a little bit later on, when Paul talks about what happens in the Lord's Supper, it is diametrically opposed to what is happening here in chapter 8. That he says that when the word of God speaks into existence that this bread and this wine really becomes his body and blood. That's the word of God and it's doing something. And it makes it happen. And so when the word of God tells you that your sins are forgiven, it's doing something. And it makes it happen. And when the word of God shows up in your life and it assures you that God loves you because you are his baptized child, it's doing something. Because the word of God doesn't just teach us about God. The word of God is God interacting in our lives. You know, there's this, uh, this statue in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and, and uh, it's kind of a funny statue because the statue is of Jesus, and, and what Jesus is doing is Jesus has a Bible, and Jesus is actually giving you the Bible to read. And, and you know, it, it, it's well-meaning, but in some ways, it's kind of backwards. Because instead of Jesus handing you the Bible to read, the Bible should be handing you Jesus to read. Because that's really what happens. That when we read this text, when we hear this text speak into our lives, that we are experiencing the very Son of God the word of God interacting with our lives. And that is what Moses hoped for. Moses hoped for a moment in which God's people would no longer need 
a singular prophet to speak God's word, but rather that we would all have God's word speaking into our lives. And that's what we have today. We have it in the written word. We have it in the spoken word. We have it in the word become sacrament. We have that word of God. We have what Moses hoped for. So let us value it. Let us celebrate it. Let us give thanks for the fact that we have God. The active, working, authoritative word of God. Working in our lives. And it's so much better than Cameo. Because he speaks directly to us. For free. Because he's already paid the price on the cross that it takes for him to bring us his word. And so may you go into this week remembering that you have the authoritative word of God in your life by the virtue of the Holy Spirit who comes to you because Christ has died for your sins. Amen.